This is the Fan the Flame Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Shane. And Rebecca. And today we're going to be talking about uh, part two of the last series that we mentioned, which was that God is our Father, and this is about the fact that we're His children, which is really good news, right, Rebecca? It's amazing news. It's great news. Mm -hmm. It's it's like the gospel. It's like the gospel. Yep, becoming children of God. Yep, becoming children. Becoming who we were born to be in the first place. So... Uh, the point of this message is that we are beloved children. We are loved by our Father. And, uh, you know, we want to explore God's personality and how that shapes who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that when we know the love that God has for us, that that sort of love sort of sustains this relationship that we're called to have as friends of God, as children of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, everything flows from that that relationship. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Mm. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Mm. You know, in the, in the next uh, verses, it actually talks about the fact that, you know, when Christ is revealed to the earth, we will become like Him. And uh, I think that's an incredible promise for the future. But I also think that it's a promise for the present, that when Jesus Christ is revealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become transformed and we become like Him. Hmm, yes. And I love that uh, the Holy Spirit, he, um, he reveals to us that we are children of God, and our spirit inside cries out, Abba, Abba. Hmm. That's such an intimate way of crying out. Yeah. Why, why does the Holy Spirit say Abba? Um... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast, but here's an interesting thing about the Aramaic word Abba. Mm-hmm. Um, it's thought to be a very intimate term for father, suggesting that those who use it refer to God, enjoy, uh, who use it to, ref- to refer to God, enjoy a close relationship with him. Yep. I actually think you mentioned that, but that's a great reminder. Yeah, it is. Because apparently I couldn't remember. So <laughs> Yeah. Of all the things the Holy Spirit could say to intercede for us, it's sonship. Mm. Isn't that cool? Yep. That wrecks me. You know, John uh, 1, 12 through 13 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. I love that. So not natural descent, human decision or husband's will, but born of God. Mm. I have the right to become a child of God, and that is a privilege. Mm. And uh, I, I had my uh, my pastor at a conference a couple months ago. He said he he was he's now planted he planted a church, and he's in Indiana, so he's in a completely different place. But he approached me and he said, "You know what I just read?" And he's like, uh, "To all who received him and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God." Mm. And he's like, "Sonship is a privilege." That is amazing. It's an invitation. Mm. I love I love what he said. And it's such a good reminder that, you know, it's uh, the right to become a child of God. Mm. I mean, that's like we're born into the best 
the best family in the world, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's interesting because it actually says that our citizenship is in heaven. Ooh. And if your citizenship in, is in heaven, then you were actually born out of heaven. And the Bible also says that we are the offspring of God. Come on. So You mentioned that earlier, right? I think you said that. You're like, this is kind of controversial, but weird. It actually says sons of God. Yeah. children of God. Mm-hmm. Little little gods created in his image to create. Little Christians. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's talk about that because, you know, when we really receive our identity as children of God, I believe that actually influences how we think and behave. Mm. And a lot of times, um, you know, the, the challenge is that when we get born again, um, what if you're in a, a, a season where you, you know, you're still wanting things that you know is sin or you know is of the flesh stuff like that Mm. maybe let's talk about that a little bit uh before we move on to the next few verses but how okay so you're born again Mm -hmm. you become a child of god yeah um when you sin does that mean you know that you're expedited out of the family line does that mean you're you know you you lost it what what is that you know let's go through the process what what's what's taking place spiritually spiritually um I mean, we are in this flesh body, and for me... Flesh bags. The flesh, yeah, the flesh suit. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, that's just like, it's a test of love, you know? What are we going to pick? Um, There's always two choices in life, and um, that was in the Garden of Eden, there was a choice. Uh, The Israelites, when they were walking with God, they had a choice. Um, So, yeah, it's just about what are you going to pick? Yeah. Yeah, I I know that, um, you know, part of the beautiful thing about a relationship with Jesus is that he's renewing our mind. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 10, 14 says it, that um, he who has perfected us is being, uh, we're being made holy. We've been perfected. Mm -hmm. We're perfect. And we're being made holy. Yeah. As in uh, everything about us is is perfectly made because if we're a new creation, we're adopted as children of God. Guess what? This is the good news that we're actually holy before the lord we're righteous and it's not because of something you and i did we just receive it we're like Mm -hmm. boom the adoption papers have been signed Mm -hmm. my uh my guardian the law you know that my past life the uh sinful nature boom stamped it says crucified with christ Mm -hmm. and i am now in a a completely new family Mm -hmm. my husband is jesus and my father is god Mm -hmm. i'm a new family member and uh, we're now part of this household that we, you know, it's like, oh, how does this family live and interact? And we realize, oh, wait, God doesn't think like I think all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And what happens is we, as we commune in our father's house, we start to become like him. Yeah. You yeah. know? And uh, just because uh, you may fall into sin or you may live, uh, you know, your mindset's not fully renewed, um, that doesn't mean that you're like a child of the devil, that doesn't mean that revokes your identity as a child. It means that uh, you need even a greater revelation of the fact that you're a child of God. Yeah. And mm. yeah. Yeah, I feel like, um, or what I see is that God is actually discipling us. Mm. Um, we, uh, he, Jesus did that when he was walking with the disciples. It was a process of discipling and teaching and just walking it out with with the people and i feel like that's just the good patience of god like how he he just walks with us and he leads us and um yeah the holy spirit he constantly talks in our hearts and um he's teaching us yeah 
So when we believe on Jesus Christ, we, we receive the righteousness of Christ, which enables us to mm-hmm. live as children of God, which means we live pleasing before the Father, which means we can live a holy life and we don't have to live a lifestyle of, of shame, but we can actually continue uh, to live in a, a state of holiness. Mm. And uh, so that's the good news about grace. It's not only freedom from sin and, and forgiveness, but it's also empowerment to live as Jesus lived, mm-hmm. which is really good news. Because yeah. if we're children, we naturally want to imitate our father. Mm-hmm. And I love, it actually says that in, uh, in the Bible, um, to be imitators of God. Yeah. You know, um, Romans 5, 7, uh, 8, 5, uh, 8, 15 through 17 says that the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Mm. Rather, the spirit you received brought you, uh, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Mm. That's amazing. The, yeah. the main intercessor in our life is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the one and thing Jesus. that he's talking about is our identity. Mm. You know, we need a fresh reminder every day of our identity. I always, uh, a lot of times I wake up in the morning and I I say, Father, who do you say that I am? And I just let him speak to my identity. Mm. Every, who do you say that I am? Yeah. And I, uh, I allow that to be the the main motivator. And I think, uh, going back to what we were talking about, if you, um, if, if you're not walking as Jesus walked, um, the best way to get back to that is to draw near to the father. Mm. You know, God is so tender in, uh, restoring and says, if that, if you sin, you have an advocate, the Father. Uh, you have an advocate who's uh, faithful to restore you. Yeah. Which is really good news. Yep. Yeah. So as his children, God loves us. There's, there's some cool things about this, uh, this truth, that we're individually created. Mm. That no child, I'm not like you at all. I mean, I'm like you, you know, we're both flesh bags, right? No, <laughs> flesh suits. But we are so unique and mm. different, yeah. you know, individually created. And that is a beautiful thing to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. Your beautiful red hair is to be celebrated. You know? <laughs> yeah. The fact that I'm not a ginger is, you know, to be celebrated, right? Uh, I've got darker skin. You got a little bit of red in your beard. I've got red in my beard. That's true. <laughs> you know, um, we're all unique and we have different roles and, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing is just because I'm a pinky toe doesn't mean that my value is less than, uh, than let's say the bicep or the, the, uh, the big toe, right? Of the body of Christ. Of the body of Christ. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, that's something to actually rejoice in. And mm-hmm. I know, uh, there's a lot of, you know, growing up in society, we, we, we see uh, picture perfect and, and, the temptation that Satan would love to do to actually have us bite into is the temptation of degrading the value that's within you. And what, what you're doing is um, you're viewing yourself outside of grace. You're looking at yourself according to not how God sees you, but uh, you're looking through the lens of criticism, through the lens of lack and, and uh, feeling like you're, you know, you didn't get the, the right lot in life, you know. And I mean, there's so many ways you can look at this, right? I didn't grow up in the right family line. I didn't get the right education. I didn't get the right friendships, the right connections. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good at math. You know, um, I didn't get the right field of study. I'm really bad at this. I'm, I'm not a leader. You know, all those things are actually uh, taken outside of the context of grace and looking, um, looking at where we fail, 
or at least where we don't measure up to the standard that we want to uphold. Mm. But when God looks at us, he he sees a champion. And I also feel like even if you're born into a family that where the parents might might not be Christians, like I feel like God is so hopeful about mm. every life he sends to yeah. the earth that he is think he's not thinking oh, this is going to be an awful childhood. He's thinking, this child, I put greatness inside of this child so they can mm-hmm. bring salvation to their family. Yes. And I mean, yeah. that's what happened in your life, in a sense, you know? Yeah. So it's it's really cool how, how he, God is just, he's so much hopeful than, than we often are. And he doesn't, he doesn't see... Um, uh, sad destinies he's he's seeing the the great destinies of what he planned yeah mm-hmm. so if you don't see it then ask god ask god for wisdom james one talks about it ask for perspective ask mm-hmm. what what he sees psalm 139 says he formed you in your mother's womb created you mm-hmm. made you special and uh you know it's like there's certain instruments like a protractor i don't know if you know what that is but certain instruments, uh, certain mathematical instruments or whatever that are so specialized that mm-hmm. unless used for that sp- particular assignment, it would, it would actually have no function outside of that assignment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes God makes us, it gives us specific gifts that the reason we don't feel like they're useful is because they have an assignment that we haven't understood yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't received fully. Yeah. You know, um, I was watching, <laughs> oh, what's that movie? Uh, Marvel's The Avengers endgame i was watching it and part of the story is where someone uh you know didn't actually have uh didn't know this person that in the actual movie they knew the person but because it was like time traveling and stuff like that they didn't actually know the person oh they went back in time to meet the same person yeah okay um well the person back in time came to the present okay and they couldn't remember each other because they were in different time zones. Yeah, one of them did. The other person didn't. Oh, okay. And there was this awkwardness. And it was like, no, you know, like, don't you, you know, don't you remember me? You know, uh, that, that sort of weirdness. But the person didn't have the, uh, the history, mm. you know. And sometimes I feel like, you know, the reason God doesn't, you know, time travel you and tell you, hey, this is what you're going to be doing in the future. Mm. It's because there's a journey of you learning different things, experiencing different things that brings that to the climax to embrace the calling that you have. Mm. So, you know, we can buckle in and just enjoy the journey too and know yeah. that, hey, I may not understand, but I do want perspective. I would encourage that. Mm. So I love actually, you know, we just watched a YouTube video from a guy named Cody uh, from American Idol. And this guy. Um, American Got Talent. America's Got Talent. I think that's what it was. Well, one of them with Mr. Simon, and uh, I actually have the um, the P- the Google Drive document in the description. It's got the link in there. But Cody, uh, he had what was it? Down uh, autism, mm. and um, you never, uh, you, you know, you never would expect what would come out of his mouth when he played on that piano. But it was mind blowing, and it just makes you want to cry. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's crazy. It just reminds me that when we're connected with our destiny, how God's created us to be as children of God, the things that come out, it's just uh, out of this world, you know, the possibilities. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So anyways, that's a really cool story. And I love that story. Mm, so good. Yeah. So next part about being a child of God is that 
God desires a close and intimate connection with all of us. So personally, when I go to God, I can know that he actually wants to be with me. Mm. Um, He's not He's not afraid or ashamed of my weirdness. He wants to draw near to me. And um, I guarantee you, any redeemed amount of weirdness, if, if, if you have a weirdness about you that is not like, obviously like some weirdness is like, okay, that's that may be dysfunctional, but like you, usually we all have a little bit of weirdness in us. Mm-hmm. And God is kind of always interested in painting little you know added flavors that we've never tasted before you know and we get to experience that sometimes it comes out of us and we're like man that's weird god loves that Mm. god loves us where we are and he draws near to us yeah it's your it's unique yeah second corinthians 6 18 and i will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters says the lord almighty what a great purpose statement. God is excited. He's like, party time. I'm going to get all my sons and daughters. We're going to have it. We're going to rock and roll. And the world is going to get rocked because of children of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We're not only children. We're not only servants. But we're also friends. Hmm. In John fifteen fifteen, Jesus, uh, in one of his parting words, he says, I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Mm. So the defining attribute of a friend is that we know the thoughts of God. Mm. First Corinthians chapter 2 talks about, uh, but who may know the mind of God? Who may know the thoughts of God? Mm. And you know what it says? It says that we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. We have the Holy Spirit within us yeah. that gives us the mind of Christ. Mm. As in, in former days, nobody had the mind of God. Nobody could know the thoughts. For I, you know, uh, for as my, my thoughts are high above yours, my ways are different than yours. Mm. But now we have the Holy Spirit within us. Yeah. It means he gives us not only the desire to obey him, but he's given us the mind of God himself to actually be able to search all things and to know what God is thinking about a situation. Mm. That is amazing. We get to be friends and actually affect his heart, yeah. which is so cool. The Holy Spirit should be all of our best friends. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I remember uh, when I heard there was a conference that was going to take place and I told God, God, I want to go to that. And I felt the, the, the faith rise up in me. I'm going to that. But I had no money. So I decided to play my friend card. <laughs> and uh, the next day I went to the conference in faith that somehow I was going to be able to go to this conference. Mm. It was $395 plus taxes, I think. Uh, so I'm in line and I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? You know, my friend uh, that day, uh, I met up with a friend for coffee before this uh, registration and mm. turns out he was going. So I'm like, Hey, could you take me? Cause I, you know, I want to go. Um, yeah. and, uh, I told him the story. So that's how I was able to go. And I, we're in line, you know, and he's going cause he, he got it. T- someone gave him a ticket to the conference. And you're just waiting and, and believing God that somehow your name will be on the list. Yeah. I'm, to get inside. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting maybe someone's going to like, Hey, uh, t- are you going to this conference? Maybe someone's going to, you know, tap me on the shoulder and feel like, Hey, are you, you know, did you sign up or whatever? But nobody did that. And so I got to the front and I'm like, you know what? I have faith that even my name is in the database. (laughs) I got the very front and then I got a tap on the shoulder and, uh, 
you know who tapped me. It was, mm. uh, it was Micah. And uh, he said, hey, I was talking to Sean, your friend over here, and he said, you know, you, were, you weren't actually attending the conference. And he asked me, do you want to go to the conference? I said, uh, yeah. And then he, he starts sharing this story of how in the morning God asked him a question when he was praying. He said, what if the person in front of you wanted to go to the conference but didn't have the money to go? What would you do? And he said to God, and he says, I asked him about this. He says, I don't know why I, I said this. But he said, only if they go to the front of the line will I give them a ticket. Mm. You know? So I was able to go to that conference. And it was, uh, it was actually, there was a lot of things that really happened, very powerful things that happened in that conference. Yeah. And, uh, you know, God wanted me there. And I wanted me there. And it wasn't like, you know, God, if it be your will, it was more, God, it's, it's my will. <laughs> you said that's something I really want. Right? It's something I really want. It's yeah. my will according to your will. Mm-hmm. You know, what what does uh, God say in First uh, John? That ask according to my will and it will be given to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the promise that Jesus said, hey, ask whatever you want. Yeah. In the context of friendship, ask whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So the conference was good. You know, it was good for me. It was, it was very impactful and life-changing. And God. I heard often um, of friends of God who will, who will say to God, God, what do you, wh- what's your will? Your will be done. Mm. And then at some point in their relationship, God actually says, what do you want? Mm. Because he's interested in that dynamic where you talk back and forth. And he, he wants to hear, hear what's in your heart. And, I mean, you see that with Moses, too, how he would actually consider his opinion and talk to him about things and yeah it's really interesting right yeah that that we can actually you know it says that that god is not a man that he should change his mind mm-hmm. but he did change his mind many times in the bible because someone reminded him of the promise that god gave or mm-hmm. reminded him god you're faithful and uh so when god was like i'm gonna wipe these people out well he was waiting to see how moses would respond yeah you know and uh that's the, th- you know, when Abraham was like, no, if there's one righteous person, <laughs> there wasn't, <laughs> there's mm. not one righteous person. Yeah. But the thing is that we, um, we can actually have a, a co-laboring relationship with God where as friends, he's not just our master. He's not just our Lord, but I can ask God for things I want. You know, I can ask God for, for things I want to see happen and, and declare those things and partner with him. Mm. Obviously we know it's in the context of of, of him being Lord of our lives. But God is inviting us to an even deeper relationship. So if you're thinking like, oh, well, I don't have the mind of God. I, I, don't, I don't think like him. And, you know, his ways are so above ours. Um, I'd encourage you to actually dig into what the word says and get to a place where you say, no, you know, actually, I may not have his perspective, but I have the mind of Christ and I have the ability to have his perspective. Mm-hmm. I have because a, you have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit yeah. who translates God for me. Mm-hmm. and translates his heart and gives me the desire to be like him. Yeah. You know, it's actually a, an aspect of our identity as children to know God's heart for the world. How can we expect to represent God if we don't actually know him? And so to say like we don't have his mind or we, you know, his ways are higher. Well, yes, his ways are higher, but God is taking us higher too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is such good news too. And yeah. we actually have the ability to co-labor and dream with God to see him transform the world around us. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, the whole conversation is about like, how do we live a lifestyle of revival? I believe it starts when we 
get and understand our identity as, as children. And we understand that he's a father and we draw near to him. God's game plan, I believe, for the world is that he would raise up children of God that look like him, that are little Christians, you know, um, that have the Holy Spirit within them, that have an intimate abiding relationship. And through the relationship, the relational aspect of, of our connection with God, mm. it would transform the world around us. Mm. You know, um, God, God wants to actually be known by us and to know us. Yeah. And to have that sort of deep relationship, it's not just being task oriented, you know, fulfill the great commission and do all these things for me and then see you later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, uh, it says the earth is waiting and groaning for the manifested daughters and sons to be revealed mm. and to manifest it actually means to make known, like clearly make known who you're representing, wow. uh, re- represent representing <laughs> representing yes um and i mean what does that look like for us to clearly make known and represent god what does he want wow. us to do to to do that so, um and i feel like yeah. yeah i mean jesus he gave us a great example he did mm-hmm. he went away from the crowds you know it wasn't efficient quote unquote mm-hmm. but he would leave he'd just be with the disciples he made very uh, very famous sermons that didn't go very well with people, you know. Uh, hey, uh, if you want to eat, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, here it is. This is how you, you know. What a great church planning strategy, right? Let's, let's tell the crowds, uh, let's tell them this thing that they're going to totally misunderstand. They're going to get so offended. And, and Jesus is like, yeah. Are you, and, and he asked the disciples, are you guys leaving too? <laughs> you know, uh, but he was with his father, you know, he, he, he went alone to pray and mm-hmm. he spent time with the disciples and it was all relationally driven. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting. It's not just a Sunday, uh, morning that we get to spend time with God. That's not the way God designed it. Look at the life of Jesus. God, God's plan for raising up leaders that would bring revival included three years of one-on-one or 12-on-one <laughs> or 70, no, 72-on-one. A lot of people, a lot of people. 12-on-one, right? Uh, just one-on-one time with Jesus, you know, a relational. Get to get to see him and, and interact with him and see how he does things. Mm. That was his plan. And I, I think that is such a key for us to learn that God is not just in the works, but he's in the relationship. Yeah. He's in the relationship. And so God is Lord of our lives, but he's also our father mm. who's in heaven, whose yeah. name is holy. Isn't that, that's such, I just, it just blows me away, mm. you know? And now that the Holy Spirit kind of took over to disciple us, and now he's the one walking with us on the earth, and we have to look at what he's doing now yeah. and learn from that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't always... Holy Spirit acts a little different than we think sometimes. I notice in the book of Acts where Peter, you know, uh, has this vision from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's like, hey, go have some bacon. You know, go go eat some uh, unclean animals. And Peter's like, uh, Lord, um, did you forget your law mm-hmm. where you said no, that's unclean? Yes, clearly, like when you look through the Bible, God is always doing a new thing. And that's happened with John the Baptist when he started saying, 
uh, repent and get baptized in water that was like unheard of like why why are we not sacrificing animals anymore like that mm. was a new thing and then Jesus came and he died on a cross like that was mind-blowing yeah they were looking for a military king yeah <laughs> and so always have in mind that God is not necessarily going to do the same thing again and again he's always going to do a new thing yeah 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 he's he's always on the move doing something yeah. and we may not understand it mm-hmm. he's not always doing a new thing but he does new things yeah he right? has he has his ways his ways are very much the same like you will you will recognize his character and everything yeah but he will like I feel like also according to what time he's moving in, he will mm-hmm. probably work with that too. Yeah. So yeah. for example, now we have the internet. So he will probably move through the internet to mm. to get the knowledge of God around the world. Yeah. The age of information, we get to spread Jesus like never before. Yeah. And uh, we can either reject the empowerment to do that or we can embrace what God is doing on the mm-hmm. internet. I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So I had a very powerful uh, season in my life. I think I shared a little bit about it, but I I, I want to share I want to share that season where I was doing everything for God. I did share that, and um, you know I was participating in everything I could get my hands on, and then I went through a season of burnout where I couldn't even you know listen or I couldn't even read the Bible without listening to it because I didn't comprehend what I was reading. And so um, I decided, because the Lord was telling me, hey, you need to stop trying to earn my affection. You need to stop working for it. And honestly, I didn't I didn't have obvious triggers. This was something that was like unknowing. Like I didn't know. I was just passionate for passionate for God. And I had, you know, I gave everything I could. And I thought that was the way to draw near to God. Mm. and God totally redirected me and you know what's really uncomfortable more uncomfortable than learning something new is unlearning something (laughs) Mm. and he was unlearning he was unraveling my worker mindset that says we're just going to do the works of Jesus we're going to grow in instruction and training which honestly is what I read in the Bible and that's the lens through which I viewed it because I had a lens from which I uh, interacted with my heavenly father. Mm. I thought that was the way to do it. And he's like, no. And so I remember during this season, I would go out uh, once I finished all my homework and I would just walk with God and I would, I would talk to him and enjoy him. And I would uh, just not, not necessarily pray for anything uh, specific, but actually just get to know him, Mm. ask him questions and talk to him. And, uh, and actually, um, during this season at some point i had i had a uh, i had a dream where uh in the dream i was shooting these cannons in a uh, it was like it was a mortar and i was a i was a military man and the whole dream was grayscale so everything was gray and i was shooting these mortar mortars and i was these mortars would go and just kill people right i was just aimlessly killing people and i'm like man i had the thought while i was watching this like this is a meaningless existence. The dream ends, and I'm in my bedroom. It's pitch black, and I hear this audible, uh, thundering voice that says, you are my son. And he emphasized my, 
and uh, I get thrown right back into a sleep, a dream state, and I have this dream where I'm in heavenly places. I'm like, uh, I can see myself from third person, and it's like uh, I'm with a band of warriors, and we're walking, and then there's this grotesque-looking, like, demonic beast, and we slay it, we kill it, like, instantly. And the dream ends, and I wake up. And sometimes my dreams are like, I don't really know uh, what that meant, but it was obvious what the Lord was saying. Mm. And I'd never had an experience, like, the audible voice of God never had that before. Mm. In fact, I've never had it since where I audibly heard him. Um, Actually, well, there was a... Well, that, that's another story. But there was that time when, when uh, I heard that angel. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Um, but uh, yeah, so there, in the dream, God was clearly saying that once you know your identity as a son, you will fight the right battle. the The, the first battle was a battle against flesh and blood, hmm. but the second battle was a battle against principalities, authorities, and. Uh, you know, unseen spirits in the heavenly realms. Mm-hmm. It's that Ephesians 6 sort of thing, right? Yep. God was showing me that that your identity is central to understanding how to uh, wage war, how to actually be a, a warrior of Christ. Your identity is where it's at as a son and as me being your father. And God was like, you know, the way he said it was so firm and almost it was terrifying when I heard it, right? I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, and then thrown right back into his sleep. It was so firm and like I felt the ownership you are my son Mm. like it was almost like I'm taking you (laughs) you are my son no one else's my son Mm. and I I just I know that that encounter has rocked me um you know it's it's not like it was the climax but it was it was it was very indicative of the season I went through where I I started to encounter the love of God on a whole new level where I didn't have to perform for his affection I don't have to be concerned or, or have that sense of fear like I'm not doing what's right in my heart and, and uh, anxiety like I'm not fulfilling the Great Commission or whatever. You know what I am doing? I'm spending time with Jesus right now and that's important, mm. you know. And I learned it actually created a healthy pace in my life Yeah. It, um, where I learned to enjoy God in a state of rest. Um, the anxieties I've had about, you know, trying wanting to <laughs> change the world immediately that stopped because I started focusing on my relationship with God and I started producing like joy started emanating from me, you know, Mm. and that season was the first time in my life where I started to not only experience those um, heavenly encounters, but um, I started experiencing uh, miraculous displays and I I was actually bold enough to share my faith in Jesus to uh, complete strangers, you Mm. know, it just totally changed my life. Yeah, I was just about to ask, how how did you feel like when you started abiding in him, that the surrounding surrounding um, people was influenced by you. Yeah. Um, so it really, um, I, you can ask my friend Mike, uh, Michael, he was a part of this. And so was my friend Weston and um, Jacob as well. But uh, it really, obviously, it, it brought a lot of people into a deeper encounter with uh, a relationship with Jesus, too. Um, and obviously, um, one of the, th- one of the fruits of it was that it kind of exposed religious mindsets in, uh, some friends around me too, because not everybody was, you know, totally, uh, they had their own opinions about how God speaks or whatever, you know? And so, um, I didn't hear a whole lot of it, 
um, I didn't I didn't hear like you know other people's opinions, but it definitely required uh, sacrificing my own need for dignity because I I would rather obey the voice of God than uh, be minimized by people's opinions and then not you know not not interact with God the way that I felt called to do hmm. and uh, not in that sort of uh, in that uh, realm of interaction I don't I don't encourage someone to just try to try to you know do stuff to prove their point or try to you know uh, make people out to be wrong it was just my interaction with God caused certain people to respond in interesting ways and mm-hmm. so you know there's there's the incredible good fruit and then there's obviously the fact that people have their opinions and Jesus you know dealt with people's opinions of his ministry too so mm-hmm. but the fact that I I grew in my identity as a son was the foundation and I was no longer governed by the fear of man but I was just governed by a love for Jesus mm-hmm. and I think that's that's what it looks like to be a child of God to to just be free I remember dancing in, uh, we had this little gazebo in the, in, uh, on the hillside and my friend, uh, Michael and I, we, uh, we went out to go seek God together oh. and, um, there was this time I'm like, I'm going to dance for the Lord. Right. Cause David did. And, uh, we were just praying. We we're praying together. And uh, I was like, come on, Michael dance, you know? And, uh, he, he always talks about that memory as a really funny moment for him. Cause he's like, ah, oh, you know, super uncomfortable <laughs> for him. Right? Um, oh, that reminds me of when I was in Africa, I went with my friend too, in a gazebo. Oh, really? And I danced with her. Hey. Like, and we were dancing together with the Lord. Oh, super that romantic. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. I think that was around the same time. Yeah. Uh, I was doing that. Mm-hmm. I think we were on a journey, both of us. I think so, too. Yeah. Just getting to know the Lord. Getting to know him mm-hmm. intimately. Yeah. And then we, and then curse splat, shabam, we met and fireworks. But yeah, so um, anyways, uh, yeah, Jesus is good and he deeply loves us and he wants a, an abiding relationship with all of us and um, so in this uh, session, we're talking about the fact that we're children of God. What's the what's the application here? I think it's pretty simple. Just be with Jesus, you know. Uh, enjoy Him. Go go on a coffee date with your heavenly Father. Get to know Him. Um, it's not just about doing the works of Jesus or becoming equipped. It's about having a relationship. And you know what? Relationships aren't are always efficient. Mm. But you know what? It's the most effective method of revival if you want revival in your life that is square one the foundation of revival is that friends of god uh would would walk in the boldness of the gospel and um you your life becomes a message rather than you just uh, preaching the gospel you are the living message the living gospel you know we're a living epistle to be read and uh read by man you know so that's where it is um so anyways, maybe one application point is find a day and go spend time enjoying Jesus in an activity that you personally enjoy doing, whether that's drawing or having an overpriced latte at a coffee shop, <laughs> or it is walking uh, around in a park, walking around in a park, or it is uh, going fishing, whatever it is. 
go find Jesus in somewhere, some area you haven't before. And um, enjoy him as your heavenly father and make this a lifestyle. That's the encouragement, to make it a lifestyle. So anyways, thank you so much for listening. This is Shane and this is Rebecca. You have a great day, okay? Be blessed. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If this blessed you, then you can help us out by sharing and subscribing and staying in touch. We will see you in the next podcast.